Eagles Entertainment. Hi, this is Doug Peterson, and you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. We welcome you to a special edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. This is our Hall of Fame edition. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Very honored to be across the way from a guy I've known for many, many years who is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the great Harold Carmichael. Named on Wednesday as a member of the Hall of Fame, Harold, what have these two days been like for you? It's been great, really, you know, just to uh, see the love. You know, I guess you can say it's the love because my phone is really, you know, people are saying blowing up. It really has pretty much blown up because it's not working very well right now. <laughs> Every time I try to get a voicemail, I have to keep putting my my uh, code in. It cuts off, and I put it back. You know, I had over 300, maybe close to 400 text messages um, the past um, 24 hours pretty much. And wow. it's been crazy trying to get back to people. My phone stopped. I think the last time I heard it, I looked up at the clock. It was about 12 o'clock. Uh, last night, and it started this morning. Uh, I was walking. It started about 7.30. Is it everything? I mean, you played from ni- uh, 71 to 83 with the Eagles. Since then, you've been waiting, waiting, waiting. Is it everything that you dreamed it would be? Had you dreamed of it? Well, you know, uh, a lot of people said uh, living the dream. I never dreamed this. You know, you, um, I don't know. We, I wanted this, but, you know, I, I always wanted if I was good enough to be there, you know, and People like you, you know, uh, you look at st- you know looked at the stats and telling me about this, and you're, the people are telling me you you're worthy of being in there. And yes, every year you want to go into the Hall of Fame. You know, this is the ultimate uh, spot in the NFL. There's times when uh, I felt very disappointed. Uh, when you guys are telling me that I had better numbers than this guy, I really never looked at it before. Uh, I felt disappointed, but you know, there's patience that you got to have now, and God has given me that patience now. But you know, I still you have that want to be there, but it's the patience and it's paid off because there's no none of those other Hall of Famers that's in the Hall of Fame right now can say they're in the centennial year of the National Football League. Yeah, that's and, and the induction is the 17th of September. 17th. Okay. Yeah. Canton, you know, Ohio. Exactly. And, you know, you can't... This is awesome, man. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, the, the centennial year, you know, again, Johnny Sheldon, you know, I said Donnie because he's a really good friend of mine. You know, he's in. I was really pulling for him. Uh, but, you know, one of the, the, the downsides of this, you know, I wanted to see uh, Dick Vermeule in this, too, because I thought he was worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, but he wasn't uh, chosen this year. But I think this might be, next year might be his year, and uh, we're going to pull for him and talk him up next year. It is amazing through the years talking to you about it. Uh, and then the process, Chris McPherson wrote a wonderful story on PhiladelphiaEagles.com inside the process to elect Harold Carmichael into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how John Ganode from the Philadelphia Eagles Media Relations Department put together a stat sheet, how Sal Palantonio from ESPN presented to the voters uh, to get you in, how it all came together, Harold. Along the way, you must, in your mind, and I saw you on NFL Network yesterday, how you must think, oh my gosh, there's so many people I want to thank, and I just can't get all the names in. But not only thank is, uh, I, I I like to apologize to a lot of my friends, you know, apologize to you. You know, um, I knew a couple of days before the announcement, and I just couldn't say anything that um, I was sworn, sworn to secrecy, you know. Dave Baker 
called me and we talked and he's and um he said uh I said oh, I got to tell my wife he said well who else you would like to tell I said I want to tell my wife I want to tell my son I want to tell the whole world he said do me a favor please don't say anything to anybody you, you know, say be it to anything to be or I to told leave? B she was the only one okay. and she kind of stressed out because we wanted we both wanted to tell my son but we couldn't say. I'm not saying he would spill the uh, spill the beans and stuff. But if he'd have told his wife, maybe the, the grandkids would have heard it. Maybe they'd have put on so, social media something like that. So we had to protect that too, and I had to protect my integrity too because if you know, I've always felt that if you tell me something and don't say anything to anybody else, or don't tell anybody else, I'm gonna do that. And with the records I've had before. Uh, I've never said anything to anybody about something somebody told me that I say, but somebody else tell me, say, did you know about this? <laughs> I say, gosh, now I, I held it, I kept it secret, but everybody else know, <laughs> you know, they tell me not to tell, but you know, it, it was a tough situation, the uh, anticipation, the, you know, and not being able to say things, and I was sitting right next to Dick Vermeule, and he was uh, asking me if I talked to anybody. And, you know, it was tough lying. What I didn't lie, you know, we got in another conversation. One time somebody came up and asked for an autograph. I said, thank you. So, they, you know, keep me from lying to him. You and know. you didn't sign it with the HOF? No, no, didn't sign anything until yesterday with HOF in Good. it. Yeah. Harold, it's interesting. I looked at many times through my life here. I've looked through the career of Harold Carmichael and, of course, a great Eagles fan growing up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So let's go through some of the years. I noted all the different quarterbacks. Can you name... All of the quarterbacks, first of all, that the you caught The ones I got rid of, you saying? <laughs> <laughs> right. No. right. Well, well, the rookie season, 1971, only 20 catches, 288 yards. Well, I, uh, I had good guys in front of me. I had yes, Ben, ben Hawkins, Hawkins and Harold Jackson. Yep. They were playing it then. Uh, and the quarterbacks were who in that first year, uh, do you recall? You had Pete Liss was Correct. the one. And uh, Rick Arrington, John Reeves, Mike Barilla, uh, Roman Gabriel, Mike Barilla. And Ron Jaworski. And Johnny Walton. Johnny Walton. Joe Pisarczyk. Joe did you Pisarczyk. Catch yeah. And did you catch Louis Giamona threw three passes in the whatever season it was, 79? Did you catch any of those passes? Oh, no. He was throwing to somebody else, you know. And no. then you've thrown one, tu- you've thrown one touchdown one pass, touchdown one pass. pass. One pass to Mike Quick. Mike Quick, yeah. 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 Touchdown, he didn't even break a stride. You know, <sighs> it was no spiral. And you probably went back to the coach and said, why didn't you, Marion Campbell, the coach at that time, why didn't you call more of those plays? But, you know, we tried it about three or four times before, but the, the, the receiver was covered, so I had to tuck it and run, <laughs> you know. And one time, I think one time I threw it out, it was a bad pass. <laughs> okay. you know? But it was an interesting career because it didn't, it wasn't instant stardom. Right? Right. How did you go from seventh-round pick out of Southern University to a star? Well, you know, uh, one thing I've always um, pride myself to doing is being ready when my name was called. You know, and I started that, really started that back in college. Uh, I tell the story about we were playing uh, college uh, in Louisiana, and I was, I was the third wide receiver. And our starting wide receiver got hurt. So they was calling for the backup quarter um, uh, receiver, which is Isaiah Robinson, Butch Robinson, uh, where he's passed down and passed a couple of years ago. They was calling for him, but he was down on the other end of the bench laughing and joking around. So the coach turned around and said, Carmichael, get in the game. And from my uh, freshman year, the second part of the year, three and a half years after that, nobody played that position but me. And uh, just being prepared. You know, being ready for your name was called and um, doing the right things. The first, I went right in. Second play they called was a touchdown pass to me. Then from there, we came to Philadelphia, uh, was back up. Ben Hawkins and Harold Jackson, they were the top guys. Mentors? 
big mentors, you know, uh, Ben Hawkins. Um, and, and, and then uh, after the second year, they traded Harold Jackson and um, to, to, to the Rams, and, I was, and they brought Roman Gabriel in. And that's where my, uh, uh, my streak started. And, you know, I uh, started understanding the game, uh, being able to play just about every down, um, not going into substitute, but you know, just being being prepared. You know, a lot a lot of people that you know they they don't pay attention to uh, the little small things. That's something that I I think I cr- uh, credit myself to is looking at the small things. You know, you look at the small thing, you you always find the big ones. You know, because a lot of people overlook that, and you know, think well, I can just do this. I don't need to do that. No, you start to look at you know I, you know I, I tell guys about catching football. They just go out and grab it and stuff, you know. No, you look the ball in look your hand. It in. Look that's it you, that's in. That's your social media handle. Exactly. Look it in and uh, because it's very important because you find guys, if you don't look the ball in, you're going to look and try and see where you're running. Nine times out of ten, you're going you're gonna to drop that ball. There were some lousy Philadelphia Eagles teams with Ed Kayat, the first head coach you had, and then went through uh, with Mike McCormick and then Dick came in and then um, Marion Campbell. And so people say those are the head coaches. The position coaches, you talk about the little things, Harold. Who were your position coaches who were so instrumental in your career? Well, uh, the first cat took us through drills and stuff and not in, in, uh, learning techniques, how, you know, say go down and cut 10 yards. Well, how you how do you do that? That rudimentary, huh? Yeah, you know, you um, there's a difference in coaching and teaching, you know. Um, you can coach me to go down there, but you, you know, I want you to teach me how to go down there and, and make this cut, you know. And you, you found then um, he was trying to sh- um, show me how they, they were telling me to do it the way Harold Jackson and Ben Hawkins. These guys are five eight, maybe six foot tall. You know, these guys could run, but I was six foot eight. I could not run patterns like they did. So Boyd Dowler came in with uh, Mike McCormick which was one of the greatest things for me because he was a 6'5 receiver. And he said, Harold, you cannot run patterns like a 5'8 guy. You need to do it this way. And they kind of tweaked a lot of things for me. Instead of going five yards, I would go six or seven yards or something like that with my stride and uh, make, you know, breaks, in and out breaks and all, and how to get up on a guy, uh, how to come off the football. You know, back then we was coming up with some three-point stances, you know, which was – a lot of event because you 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 in a uh, racer stance you know you know good push off you know the the two point stance is good but you can you can uh, um, survey the field a little better but you know my height that I you know I get in a three point stance I still can see the mm-hmm. can survey uh, survey the field but you know this was something that was great for me to have Boyd Dollar in my life to teach me how to run these patterns as a guy six foot eight you know uh, again. You, you you got coaches that really don't pay attention to their talent that they have. You got coaches that, you know, don't teach the, the fundamentals of, say, for a, a wide receiver. You know, um, there's a way to teach. You know, you can see guys that has this special gift to do this, but he can't do this. They're, you know, um, you, you have to teach guys a lot of time, teach the techniques. But some guys, you know, I, I had a good teach, teacher with the, with the guys. Uh, Dick Curry, well, he wasn't a player, but he was a great detective, along with uh, Coach Vermeil. We was teaching techniques, how to run a pattern with, with stems and um, breaks and that type of and stuff. And with everything back then, the, the defensive backs could literally 
do anything to yeah, you. They, they could beat you all the way up and down the field if they want to clothesline you and all of that. But, you know, again, um, learn, they run Ralph's day. Some of these, you know, not taking anything from some of these defensive backs. I don't know if they could cover some of the receivers that run stick patterns. You know, you go up 10 yards, you break like you're going out and then break up. So, you know, now it's all just run straight and stop, run straight and cut. You know, it's all what they call speed routes. And speed routes all the time, I can't understand why defensive backs can't cover that. Harold, as you've gone down memory lane these last couple of days, have you found that you remember more of the guys or the times on the bus or the games? Or what What have you, what has really jumped out? I mean, everybody wants to know the best game, the greatest catch, the most proud moment. Is it, is it more? Because I always, honestly, you know what I remember with you? I will always remember the bus rides. I'll remember the bus rides landing in a, in a <laughs> and the fun we had with Mike Doc and yeah. with Quick Six and all yeah. the guys, Merrill, Joe McPeak, all those, all the video guys through the years. I, that's what I remember. The bus rides go uh, to and from the, uh, the, from the airport, the airport to, to the game to the, or to the, uh, the hotel. To the hotel. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of fun there talking yeah. and joking. You know, we always looking at you, see what your move was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was great, man. Those those bus rides, the plane rides, a lot of time uh, when we uh, we won and the fun we had walking up and down the aisles talking and uh, just seeing the, uh, the way other people were reacting to the games and uh, it, it was fun. I really missed those days. Uh, it's been about six, seven years now since we, I, well, I, I was on a bus ride uh, a couple of weeks ago going up to New York. That's right. And that brought back a lot of uh, brought back a lot of memories. Right. For, for those who don't remember, Harold, after his playing career was over, a uh, period of time when you were not associated with the organization, then came back to the Eagles and ran our player programs yes. for many years. And uh, so always part of the family and you're, and you're here a lot. Anyway, um, individual accomplishments, four Pro Bowls, two uh, all pro teams, man of the year, 127 straight games with a catch, 190 games played, 162 consecutive, remarkable individual feats. Do any of them mean more to you than others? Well, you know, not really. You know, you, um, I was out there to make plays, to catch passes. You know, that's very important. You never thought about how many passes, you know, back then. They didn't make a real big deal out of it. Now you have to keep up that score, how many you catch, how many touchdowns on the yard? We back then we were trying to win football game. You know, um, a lot of people. You know, some guys may think about how much money they make while they're on the field. You know, we're trying to win football games. You know, and the best I could be is the more money I could make. You know, so I worried about that after um, uh, after the game was over with, after the season was over with. Um, I, I never thought about the money, but I should have because I didn't make any money. You know, I was uh, to make start making anything decent until my pretty much my fourth year, uh, making thirteen thousand my first year, uh, sixteen thousand, eighteen thousand, and then you know my fourth year jumped up. You know, still wasn't comparable to a lot of other uh, players that had that had made the Pro Bowl. But you know, that was you know it was it was just having fun on the football field, making plays, um, being a teammate. Um, being a friend and being a person that could help out, you know, whenever you could, you know, that was what I was about, you know, having fun, you know, you know, uh, we always partied at my house. I wanted to bring, I wanted to make sure all us, all of us was together all the time. And it, let's, let's also be accurate here. It, there were some tough times in Philadelphia. You were a target of the media. You were a target of the fans. Uh, you had to, it was not all, Peaches and cream. Oh, for yeah, Harold there's no doubt, you know. And I look at the times when, you know, I'm not trying to pick on Nelson, but I had, though, that year that he had. Um, the reason for me 
was I was trying to carry this team. You know, again, you, you talk about some of the bad teams we had. I was on that team trying to do too much. I was trying to run before I caught the ball and I would drop the ball. You know, that's why I learned to look the ball in your hand. You know, that was the thing that really turned me into trying to be the best person. I tried to be, and I knew the, the heartbeat of the city, and trying to do the right thing. And I tell the guys today, just do your job. You know, I was trying to do everybody else's job, and it made me look bad. And um, you can't do that. Just do your job better than anybody else could do it. And I, after that season, I came back. I played a little better because that was the, the following year. Dick came in, and he kind of settled me down a little bit, gave me a, a different direction, and uh, 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 he, he tore me down and built me up again. Harold, you've got significant rings now, okay? You've got uh, an NFC championship ring from 1980. You've got a Super Bowl championship ring from 2017. You've got the Pro Football Hall of Fame ring now. You've got a College Football Hall of Fame ring. Did you have a 2000, uh, 2004? 2004 NFC, NFC championship, championship ring? ring. How are you going to wake up in the morning and figure out which ring to wear? Well, you know... Because um, I know you like to wear rings. Yeah, well, you know... I, I, and a wedding ring, of course, which is well, the most important I, well, yeah, ring of I got all. to wear that one, you know, that, that the... Uh, I'm not going to say don't that. Don't say it. Don't don't say it. It's say been it. so beautiful so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't say that, though. Because my wife probably, I don't know if she's listening anyway. But, um, the, you know, the, the thrill of these rings, um, if you look at my son's um, Twitter, I think he still has it, is my granddaughter's with all these rings on her finger. And I just told her... Um, Yesterday, I said, I got another ring for you coming, you know. <laughs> so she's, she got all rings on it. It's really cute how she has them all on, on her fingers and stuff, you know. So um, this is going to be exciting to, to get that ring and, um, to you know, to say, yes, I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame now. Beautiful. Harold, I've got five questions for Harold Carmichael, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Centennial Class inducted in Canton, Ohio. To the Pro Football Hall of Fame on September 17th, five questions. Harold, here we go. Who were your roommates at training camp and on the road during your time with Eagles? Can you name them? All, I don't uh, know. I don't know. I only know a couple of them. Well, my first year was uh, uh, Al Davis, then Tom Sullivan for a few years. Silky Sullivan? We had Silky Sullivan and uh, had um, uh, Ben Hawkins was my roommate. I um, uh, had him for a couple of years and uh, Charlie Smith. And Charlie had Charlie was my roommate for years, for a few years, and all. And then um, Mike Quick uh, for uh, one or two years. Was he clean or messy? Uh, well, you know, we was um, on the road. You know, we, we weren't there long enough. You know, in training. In fact, in training camp, no, he wasn't my roommate in training camp. You know, we had you were only together that one year. Just the one year. Uh, what was, we two played years, two, right, two years, years together, sorry, yeah. but uh, on the road we were, we were roommates and all, and mostly uh, I'm trying to think it was, um, and then it got to the place where we we had a room by ourselves too, you know. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Uh, question number two: Did you cry more after winning the NFC Championship game in 1980, the 1980 season, or when you found out you were going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Because I've been told you've been crying like a baby no, for the last two I years. No, I have today. Yeah. Today was the worst day. Okay. You know, because when I walked into the building today in the NovaCare, the whole organization was standing there um, congratulating me. They're on the, uh, on the uh, first floor, all upstairs and all that. That was a touching feeling right there because, you know, again, you never know what people really feel about you until you get in situations like this. And, you know, that was very touching for me to walk into the organization. And uh, I teared up a little bit listening to uh, one of Jaworski's uh, messages today. Nice. Uh, number three, which games immediately jumped to mind as your favorites during your time as an Eagle? 
trying to remember that far back. Gosh, David, that's this be something. You know, winning the NFC Championship against the Cowboys, that was uh, uh, an outstanding game for us. And, you know, to take us to the Super Bowl, that that sticks out more. Okay. Uh, Number four, how would you characterize your relationship through the years with the media and the fans? Well, uh, I think I had a great relationship with the fans. You know, um, I know at one time, well, with a couple of guys I really, with the media, you know. Um, it's tough. Philly media was it, really yeah, tough back it, then. You know, and, you know, it was just something, it wasn't something that they said about me because I knew when I had a bad game, nobody had to tell me that. But when they said something about one of my teammates and stuff, that really uh, got to me. And But I still had a good relationship with guys. But it, like I said, as a couple of guys, I just didn't want, I couldn't talk to them anymore because of what, you know, what they were saying, it wasn't fair, you know. Question number five, what does the Harold Carmichael man cave look like? Oh, wow. Well, my wife and my granddaughter calls it junk, <laughs> you know, but um, she'll call it that. But it, about every four months, she'll probably change it up. They'll move something here and there, but uh, it's pretty impressive. You you have, know? Yeah, all yeah. Eagles stuff, right? Um, no. You know, I have other teams in there. You know, I got jerseys. Uh, Your office was always the coolest office, but that's man. What I'm, yeah, I, my, but, you know, that... My my uh, man cave at home made that look like a little toy store. Oh, is that right? You know, but um, I have stuff, photos, you know, the photos are really, really big. It's not that many. It's a lot of jerseys in there and helmets, but the photos are one of the ones that really look, you know, with some of the you know, greatest people, some of the great football players, uh, some movie stars, you know, singers, boxers, you know, um, golfers. Who's uh, the most famous person you've ever met? Uh, I guess, well, that's tough. You know, I, I did meet uh, President Clinton. Muhammad Ali? Made, uh, we got pictures together with Ali, uh, Jim Brown, uh, Sidney Poitier. Nice. You know, Merv Griffin. I mean, there's a yeah. bunch of guys, you know, people that have been, you know, the $6 million man, uh, Lee Majors, <laughs> you know. Um, there, there's a bunch of guys uh, that, you know, I had a, an opportunity that I was blessed to, um, uh, to be around. Uh, I'm just thinking about a lot of pictures you know, you're saying this. Yeah. Bad, and a lot of pictures that's hanging up in my house and all. But. What are what what happens next, Harold? What does a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame do now? My my vision is that you are an ambassador for the league, traveling around the world, hosting clinics, autograph sessions, doing things like that. Well, you know, first of all, I'm going to be an ambassador for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm going to always do that. Always, uh, uh, they're always in my heart. And but what I'm going to do is try to. Uh, respect the NFL. You know, that's what I'm out there. Uh, I'm going to be a part of that, uh, where, you know, the places I'm going to go. I'm going to try to have that respect for, as we say, the shield and make sure that we represent that well. And again, first of all, you know, I'm going to represent home first. You know what I mean? Um, go birds, y'all. But, yeah. you know, we're going we, 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 to gonna do this as long as I can do it and as long as they'll they let me be around. Awesome. Harold, I wonder, I, with my own money, I bought this Harold Carmichael jersey. Believe that. Would I don't you, believe you, it. I don't be, believe it. Would you do me the honor of signing it? <laughs> sure, I would. Please. I'd love to. You know, you know what Mike had me do? He had me sign this in gold. The in gold? gold that's a great idea. That would be probably the second jersey I would sign with HOF on. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Harold Carmichael, thank you so much. I can't wait. to, to All this lead up to September 17th is going to be a blast. We are so thrilled that you got in. You deserved it. All these years of patience have paid off. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, we, we start off and at the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I think they, when that's when we'll be publicly introduced, you know, live and uh, 
doing the Super Bowl, and um, I'm, I'm really you know, thrilled about it and very excited. My family is excited about it, and uh, man, it's just great to to be a part of that, and you know, to, you know, be a be a part of you uh, for the past twenty some years, and you know. Uh, being able to um, you know, be around you and you know, me, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, but you know, you, you you do what you do and you do a great job. And thank you, I've always tried to have you a part of what I did too, you, you know, as much as I could. But and you do a great job. And, You're the man. Uh, uh, we'll have you on a lot of insider series. Oh, now for now, we're going to bleed you to the end. <laughs> Harold Comico, congratulations, member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. We are so thrilled. Thanks for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Have a great, uh, have a great Eagles Day. Thank you. And fly, Eagles fly, everyone. Thanks for Go joining us. Uh, Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro saying, have a great weekend, everybody. And so excited for Howard Carmichael, the latest member of the Eagles family, in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs>